Welcome to another episode of Mike's Money Picks. Today, we are going to be previewing the Saturday early slate of games for college football DFS contests. If you are looking for Thursday college football DFS contests, we are not going to be doing a podcast episode for those. However, I will be uploading my picks and lineups to my Patreon, patreon.com slash Mike's Money Picks. If you are playing it, NFL fantasy football season long or daily tomorrow's episode on the podcast will be week three buy or sell where I preview the upcoming week and tell you guys that I like going into the week and don't like going into the week if you're wondering about the late games for college football pricing is not out for DraftKings as of yet FanDuel has some of them up on the early slate but the late slate will be Friday's episode of the podcast where we preview that specific slate of games for college football. So we're kind of just trying to give you during football season kind of like a menu of different items you can uh, order, you know, with college and pro previews, recaps, you know, all that stuff. So just pick what you're interested in. We got it all here on the podcast. We're going to be uploading episodes almost on a daily basis. So Without further ado, let's get into the Saturday early slate. It's actually a pretty juicy slate of games, in my opinion. So let's get a quick word from our friends at Anchor, and then we're going to start talking about the quarterback position. We're going to do a position-by-position breakdown. With this specific slate of games, it is surprising that there is no quarterback that is above $8,500 on DraftKings. On FanDuel, there are a few high-priced options, but that is also because we have the Ohio State game, and the Oklahoma game in the FanDuel slate. But on DraftKings, there really isn't any super-duper high-priced options. So this is a week where I think you can really spend down at quarterback and get yourself an option that, you know, has still got a lot of upside, still got a decent floor, and then spend up at other positions because of that. So if we're looking at the top of the board at quarterback, I really don't understand Sean Clifford being the highest-priced quarterback. Like, yes, Penn State is projected to win this game in a blowout over Central Michigan. They're over 20-point favorites. But they do not have the highest implied team total on this slate if you use over-unders. And his game log is not indicative of a quarterback that should be $8,300. He's more like a quarterback that should be $7,000. So I think DraftKings has given him the boost in price because they're supposed to win this game in a blowout. But I'm just not investing that much money in a guy whose you know, season production so far does not equal that amount of money. Just hard pass on Sean Clifford this week for me. Hendon Hooker of Tennessee seems to be a really high-floor, kind of medium-ceiling quarterback. He's been playing real football very well. But the fantasy numbers have just been kind of average, but they've been consistent. If you played him, he hasn't really killed you. You know, he hasn't had a game under 22 points. And he hasn't had a game over 30 points. So, you know, he's just a pretty consistent option. He's an elite cash game play. I think that Florida's defense is pretty good, but I do think that he has the floor that can give you, you know, a little bit of security at that price tag. I think he's a really good cash game play, but you probably will not see me playing him in big turns because I think his ceiling is a little limited. Now, there are two quarterbacks who I believe are going to find themselves in shootouts this week, and that is Jaywin Daniels of Kansas and Tanner Mordecai of SMU. Both of these guys have a lot of upside, in my opinion. These two games, the Kansas and Duke game and the TCU and SMU game, have the highest over-unders on this slate of games. So I expect these games to be high scoring. I expect these quarterbacks to put up a lot of points, and I do expect both of these guys to be highly owned this week. Now, the situation that you need to monitor is the TCU quarterback situation. Chandler Morris has been hurt for TCU, and Max Duggan has been getting the starts. 
And if Max Duggan is the starter, we just talked about how the SMU-TCU game has the highest over-under. SMU's defense is very suspect. You can definitely throw on them. And so I think Max Duggan is definitely worth a look if Chandler Morris misses the game. If Chandler Morris does play, I don't know what kind of strength he's going to be at because he hasn't been practicing the last few weeks. But if Chandler Morris does not play, Max Duggan is definitely an option. Now, a guy that has killed you the last two weeks if you have played him is Anthony Richardson of Florida, a.k.a. AR-15. Terrible nickname, but that's another story. So anyway, he's killed you the last two weeks, but he is super-duper high upside because he is a dual-threat quarterback. He is always a threat to get you 100 yards rushing and multiple scores like he did in week one against Utah. So he's going to be a little boomer bust. He's going to be a little high risk. And his targeting to players on his team is very inconsistent. I don't even think he needs to be stacked with a wide receiver if you're playing him in a tournament. But I definitely think that the Tennessee defense is weaker than, you know, the Kentucky defense that he struggled with. So I think that Anthony Richardson definitely has a lot of upside, but you're definitely carrying a lot of risk if you roster him this week. Now, two backup quarterbacks who are starting and actually playing against each other, are Donovan Smith of Texas Tech and Hudson Cart of Texas. I think both of them are worth a look uh, because I think this game is going to be a shootout. It seems like every year when Texas and Texas Tech play, this game ends in like the 40s or 50s for both teams. So I think that if this game turns into a shootout, both of these quarterbacks are going to be worth a look. And if you want to stack a game, I think that this is a decent candidate to stack a game. Now, I've got a few bargain quarterbacks that I do want to talk about. The first one is Riley Leonard of Duke. He's getting to play Kansas this week. And, you know, we still don't know yet. Is Kansas for real? Like, are they actually going to be good at football for once? I don't know. And we'll kind of get to see this week because Duke has had a pretty solid start of the season so far. Regardless, I don't think Kansas's defense is that great. They have found themselves in shootouts pretty much on a weekly basis. They gave up 30 points to Houston, gave up 42 points to West Virginia. So I think that Kansas's defense can be had a little bit, and I think that Riley Leonard of Duke can take advantage of that. Riley Leonard's game log is definitely better than somebody who is only $6,000 on DraftKings. Now, granted, you know, that one loss to Northwestern, he struggled a little bit. He only had 14 fantasy points, but I think that, you know, playing the Kansas defense, we're getting to see, we're going to get to learn a lot about Kansas this week. I think that Riley Leonard at that price tag is a really solid play uh, because I don't think that Kansas defense is that good. Now, I've got two more bargain quarterbacks, but for different reasons. Bo Nix is the first one. Bo Nix now at Oregon. You know, I know it felt like he was at Auburn a decade now. He's at Oregon. I don't know how he's still in college. But he has back-to-back 30-point games, very quietly, you know, because we all watched him on national television lay an absolute egg against Georgia, and now he's got back-to-back 30-point games. I think that he's definitely worth a look at that price tag. They are also a better – well, let me rephrase – they have played better defenses than Washington State. Washington State is not a great defense. So I think that Bo Nix can keep up his little hot streak and have a good game. And at that price tag, he's definitely a very solid option. Now, the last bargain quarterback is Drew Pine of Notre Dame. And it's for this reason. Every quarterback who has played against UNC so far this season has scored at least 25 fantasy points. That's insane. This UNC pass defense is bad, like really bad. And so... If every quarterback so far has scored 25 points and Drew Pine continues that streak, he'll return almost five times value for his salary, which is something that cannot be ignored. Like, that's just a ridiculous amount of value if he's able to keep that streak up. So looking at, you know, who I'm probably going to play this week, I'm probably going to look into those $7,000 guys 
like somebody like a Jalen Daniels or a Tanner Mordecai, and they're probably going to pair him with one of the bargain guys, maybe Smith or Card, maybe Leonard, maybe Nix, maybe Pine. Um, you know, I don't know which ones just yet, but I definitely think that by playing those quarterbacks, avoiding the very top of the board, you're going to give yourself a lot of salary, which is going to allow you to pay up for high-priced running backs and receivers, which we will go ahead now and transition over into talking about running backs. At the running back position, Muhammad Ibrahim of Minnesota is the highest-priced player on the slate on DraftKings and the second-highest-priced player on the slate on FanDuel, only behind C.J. Stroud of Ohio State. That's incredible, and it's because he possesses the highest floor of any player in college football DFS right now. No matter the game script, no matter what happens to Minnesota when they play, he is a virtual lock to score 20-plus fantasy points, and that is because he's going to get the ball for 20-plus carries. He's going to get a few targets through the air. He's just like a lock to get fantasy points, and that is why he is priced that high. To me, because of that floor, he is definitely an elite cash game option. I also think he has the ceiling to be a tournament option as well because all he's got to do is turn those 20-plus carries into multiple touchdowns, and now you're looking at 30-plus you know, points for your week at that running back position. Now, another guy that I like a lot is B. John Robinson. I mentioned on Twitter last week, you know, he kind of got price corrected after last week. He was only $6,500 on DraftKings, playing with a backup quarterback against the defense that was pretty porous against the run. So, you know, it was insane his ownership last week at that price tag on DraftKings. Like, the one of the contests I played, he was about at 70%, which is crazy. He's been price corrected since that, but I still think he's a really good play. I think he has a slightly lower floor than Muhammad Ibrahim, but I think he has the same ceiling because he has that ability at any time. He is a big play guy. We saw against Texas San Antonio, he turned everybody's day around who owned him right around when he had that 78-yard touchdown run. So Bijan Robinson definitely has the ceiling to be a tournament play, definitely has the floor to be a cash game play. However, I think that he will still carry a lot of ownership because he is still not approaching the price tag that I think he should be at on DraftKings. Now, a guy that's very interesting is Blake Corum of Michigan. He has not really seen the workload that we would have expected from a Michigan running back. Like, he's only seen, like, 15 carries a game, and I would have expected way more from that, but he's still being productive in those carries, and he gets a, he gets a Maryland defense that is not exactly outstanding. Like, we've seen them get points put up on them by multiple teams, and so I think Blake Horm is kind of an option. However, the one thing that concerns me is he's very touchdown dependent. If he does not score a touchdown, the week is going to be kind of a dud. And at that price tag, I don't want a guy who's that touchdown dependent. Now, one guy who's going to see a huge workload is Lou Nichols of Central Michigan. He's pretty much a guy that when it comes to the games in the MAC and their games out of conference, they're just going to keep giving him the ball. Now, this game is projected to be a blowout loss against Penn State. But in two blowout losses so far this season, he still scored 15 and 27 PPR points. And, you know, honestly, that's not bad. If you get 27, you know, if he hits that number again, that's really paying off that price tag. That's a guy that definitely should be considered. I also think Will Shipley of Clemson is a solid play. I think that when Clemson matches up against Wake Forest, Wake Forest is kind of a finesse football team in the ACC. They're kind of more profiled like a Big 12 team, in my opinion. So Clemson's advantage in this game is going to be up front with their size on the offensive and defensive lines. So I think that it benefits Clemson to try to get their ground game going this week, and I think that Will Shipley will be the way that they do that. I feel pretty comfortable saying now that after three weeks, 
the Penn State running back that you want to play is Noah Singleton and not Kevon Lee. You know, Noah Singleton has led them in carries for two weeks in a row now. He's kind of taken hold of that number one position, and he also has back-to-back 27-plus point performances. I also think Central Michigan's run defense, it's got to be worse than Auburn's, right? So I think that, you know, Noah Singleton definitely has the floor because he's now taken over that role, and I definitely think he has the upside as well. And I think that he's still priced a lot closer to Kevon Lee than their performance has indicated. So I'm definitely, if I were to rock with a Penn State running back, I'm rocking with Noah Singleton this week. Another guy that has kind of taken the lead back role in his offense but is continuing to be underpriced is Amarian Hampton of UNC. He leads this backfield in carries through their three games, but yet he's second in price on DraftKings. And on FanDuel, he is priced down like near most backup running backs. So I think that Omarion Hampton, definitely an option. He's definitely going to be the guy in that Carolina backfield. The only thing concerns me in this one is I think that Notre Dame's run defense is a lot better than any of the run defenses that he has played against. You know, Notre Dame pretty much really stifled um, Travion Henderson of Ohio State in week one. So I think that that Notre Dame run defense is pretty good. That concerns me a little bit, but I definitely really do like the price tag for a guy that is the lead of his backfield in Omarion Hampton. Now, flipping to the other side of that game, I think that Notre Dame's two running backs are both solid options against that UNC defense. You know, we've talked about how bad UNC's pass defense is. Their run defense is pretty suspect as well. You know, App State kind of ran all over them, even in the fourth quarter when they were trailing. Chris Tyree is a guy that will see plenty of touches. He's more of a scat back, you know, get him the ball in space type of guy. He's going to get points through the air and on the ground. But Audric Estimate is the thumper between the tackles. You know, he's going to see more carries. He's going to be the guy that gets the goal line touches. So I think that they're both options because I think that this Notre Dame team is actually going to score a lot of points this week. If Notre Dame doesn't score a lot of points this week, it's a ready to officially call signs for concern for that offense and signs of concern for that team this year. If they don't win this one, they might not even be bowl eligible. So Notre Dame really has to win this one, and they have to do it by scoring points. Their defense will take care of their job. Offense has got to score some points. Now, the last running back that I would like to talk about is Jalen Berger of Michigan State, and that is because I simply think that he's missed price on DraftKings. Um, You know, he had a bad game last week, but, you know, he's still the guy in that backfield. He's still getting a lot of carries, and I don't think Minnesota is exactly, you know, a defense that should be feared. You know, what we know about Minnesota, they're okay. They're not great, so I think that the missed price I'm definitely looking into playing Jalen Berger this week on DraftKings. So if I'm looking at making my lineups, I'm definitely wanting to include these some of these high floor running backs, some with a high ceiling. I'm probably going to end up playing my guy Bijan again. You know, he seems to always do well when I play him, and I'm a Texas fan, so I'm a little biased there. But I think that he's definitely a good play this week. He is going to carry some ownership. So if you're playing B. John Robinson, you're going to need to find a way to differentiate your lineup at other positions if you want to get maximum leverage for a tournament. All right, let's flip on over to the wide receiver position. When it comes to the wide receiver position in college football, we've talked about on previous weeks how I'm a big proponent of stacking, and I think that stacking is a concept that is getting easier and easier to do because once we have a bigger and bigger sample size that we're going to have each week, we're going to have a much better breakdown of how the targets work out and how the fancy points work out between all of these offenses. So, Let's talk about our first option for stacking, and we're going to kind of break it down team by team. For SMU, the highest-priced receiver on the board on both sites is Rasheed Rice. 
And look, I think Rasheed Rice is the only guy that you need to stack the SMU offense with this week. He is currently seeing such a big target share, and every other player has been so inconsistent with their target share that I think that if you are stacking with Tanner Mordecai at quarterback for SMU, Rasheed Rice is the only receiver you need. I think he's a virtual lock to score 20 fantasy points week in and week out. On the other side of the ball from SMU is TCU this week. Now, Quentin Johnson has a great pedigree. He's been a very good player for TCU in the past, but he's yet to show it so far this season. And so I kind of, you know, the price tag on DraftKings, I think, is a little bit overpriced for his production so far. They're basing it off of history, not, you know, the recent performances. On FanDuel, I think he's a lot more reachable. And like I said, we already know this game is going to be a shootout. So I think that he's definitely an option worth considering. But I do not like the price tag on DraftKings. I think he carries a lot of risk. Now, Quincy Brown for TCU has been, you know, he's putting up some points so far, but he is now out. So he is going to make this situation incredibly hard to predict for TCU. I think that Quentin Johnson is like the only guy in that receiving core that is, you know, a lock to even see the field. So I think that it's going to be very hard to predict this week for TCU. I'm probably staying away from a full stack unless I'm looking at an option where I can play multiple lineups and just guess on different TCU receivers. Now, looking at Iowa State, Xavier Hutchinson is as safe as they come. Like, he's really the only receiver in this op- offense. Like, it's kind of incredible. Even this game over-under, like, it's incredibly low. Like, we've seen him still perform well in games that are very low scoring. For instance, there was a 10-7 game against Iowa early this season where his team only scored 7 points. He had 26 fantasy points when his team had 7 points. They're going to give him the football early and often. He has 8 catches in every game, and I think that Xavier Hutchinson carries a lot of safety this week. Even with the price tag that he carries, I still think that is a lot of safety at the wide receiver position. Now, two situations that you need to be monitoring are UNC and Tennessee. They have their number one wide receivers that are both questionable heading into the week, and we really don't know if they're going to play, and it's going to greatly impact how their receivers shake out. For UNC, it's Josh Downs. For Tennessee, it's Cedric Tillman. If Josh Downs misses the game, which he has the last two games for Carolina, Kobe Pesor is the guy who has benefited the most against App State and against Georgia State, so he's the guy that you're probably going to want to be looking at rostering. If Cedric Tillman misses, Jalen Hyatt seems to be the move for Tennessee. No other receiver has really kind of benefited from the game that Cedric Tillman recently missed, except for Jalen Hyatt. He kind of, you know, played into that number one wide receiver role and, you know, Hendon Hooker's favorite target. So, you know, Jalen Hyatt would be the guy that I'd want to go to, but the problem is with Jalen Hyatt is that's not really going to relieve you some salary. You know, he's about the same price as Cedric Tillman. So if, you know, obviously he's the guy to pivot to, but like, I don't know, it's not a place to save salary because of a guy being injured. It's a place to get more upside because of a guy being injured. Now, Minnesota is the king of the hyphenated wide receivers because currently their number one wide receiver, Chris Autumn Bell, is out. And so there are two other hyphenated receivers that I think are very good options to play with, you know, the increased target share, increased workload that they're going to see with Autumn Bell out. And the first one is Michael Brown-Stevens. The second one is Brevin Spann-Ford. Autumn Bell has been their number one wide receiver. And so with him being out, that's a lot of targets that got to go to somebody. And Brown Stevens and Span Ford have both been the guys that have been on the field for Minnesota. So I think that they're going to be the ones that benefit and get more targets and more fancy points. The Notre Dame offense, like we mentioned before, needs to put up some points this week. And if they want to do it through the air, their guy is tight end Michael Mayer. Michael Mayer is going to be a first-round pick in the NFL draft. 
He's got a lot of talent, and that Carolina secondary needs to be very, very concerned about how they're going to cover him. So I think that he's definitely a really good option at that price tag. His price tag continues to go up, which, you know, it still hasn't gone up to a point where I'm not playing him. So I think that Michael Mayer is definitely an option. Lastly, last stack we're going to talk about, I expect that we're going to have plenty of opportunities to score. And it seems that there is one guy that Bo Nix looks to in the red zone that he is super comfortable with, and he's thrown four touchdowns to this guy already this season, and that is Terrence Ferguson. He doesn't get a whole lot of targets, but he does get thrown to in the red zone, and that makes him a really good option at his current price tag. So that pretty much covers the wide receiver position. Uh, I'm not going to go into specific picks for that because, like I've said time and time again, I like stacking. So whichever quarterbacks I end up playing, I'm going to play receivers for that guy. So that's pretty much how I'm looking at that position heading into this week. So that covers it for the early slate of games. Like I said, if you're disappointed that there's no Thursday episode of the podcast, head on over to Patreon. I'm going to be talking about some picks and some lineups um, for those games. Hint, I'm going to be playing a lot of Chanticleers. So if you want those lineups, head on over to the Patreon, patreon.com slash Mike's Money Picks. And then remember, the late games we will be previewing on Friday here on the podcast. And if you want any more NFL action, we're going to have that for you coming up tomorrow, Thursday, on the podcast. All right, guys. Thank you for listening. Hope I'm able to make you some money, and I will see you next time. Mm-hmm.